this podcast episode is dedicated to every narcissist that ever got the privilege of draining and siphoning my beautiful and pure and kind and compassionate energy. This podcast is dedicated to every narcissist that I have stepped on and bruised their ego. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. To my dad, thank you. To my first abuser, thank you. To my narcissistic mother, thank you. To the narcissistic friend who has been ex-friend, who has been sending me black magic, thank you. To my second and third, including my father, abuser, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for choosing hate. Thank you for choosing envy. Thank you for choosing stagnancy while I chose growth. Because the last year and a half, I've been being emotionally abused by a covert narcissist who doesn't like to be, to be perceived as a narcissist. But <clears throat> it's time to tell my story. It's time to speak my truth so that I can show the universe that I am genuinely ready to release this from my life. I met my second narcissist, and I don't like using the word my because it gives them a sense of attachment to my energy still, and that is something they do not have anymore. So to the second man and romantic partner to abuse me, thank you. Because (laughs) you're right, I did blossom, I did flourish. All that hate, all that envy that has built up inside of you, I can feel it. The jealousy, I can feel it. And I don't care anymore. I don't care to make you upset. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. This is this podcast is truly dedicated to every narcissist that has played a role in my life. But this is extremely dedicated to the most recent narcissists who have played an amazing part in my healing journey. When I met the second man to abuse me, I was still trauma bonded to the first man to abuse me. 
and I actually ghosted him for my first for for the first man to abuse me for the first person to abuse me um I ghosted him in October of two thousand and twenty one or yeah November of two thousand and twenty I mean and then he ghosted me for payback the second man ghosted me okay i'm gonna actually i'm gonna i'm gonna give them some names just so no one gets confused so we're gonna call the first man to abuse me we're gonna call him Jaden, and we're gonna call the second man to abuse me We're actually, I take that back. We're going to call both of them by their real names. So the first man to abuse me was John Quest. The second man to abuse me was Wendy. Wendell, I'll call him Wendell just for, you know. So I don't know. I feel more comfortable calling him that now uh, for some reason. Um, But so, yeah, in October of 2020, I was still trauma bonded to John Quest. And I met Wendell October of 2020, and we he found my Snapchat from someone, and I ended up ghosting Wendell for my for John Quest, and um, you know, with John Quest, of course, there uh, was. And I'm actually, yeah, okay. So, yeah, with him, the relationship was on and off. Um, You know, I would have, especially during that period, it was really on and off because um, I literally was only going back because I was trauma bonded. So we would have an abusive episode. I would not talk to him for a couple of weeks, and then I would feel the need to talk to him again. And then the cycle repeated. So when me and Wendell met, it was during one of those times where it was a, a off an off season and we met got each other snapchat talked for maybe a couple of days or so and then well a couple maybe a week or so and then i felt inclined my trauma bond was telling me that i needed john quez's attention and validation and love quote unquote love again so i ghosted Wendell for him then we were doing we were in another off season in about November um and I reached out to Wendell and I told him you know like let's go on that date that you told me that we were gonna go on um then he breadcrumbed me we talked for we talked for almost two weeks um without him you know ever inviting me to go anywhere and then he ghosted me in the beginning of December and you know when he ghosted me I began to work on my attachment issues work on my fear of abandonment work on my anxious attachment style so by the time he came back and Wendell came back into my life in January of 2021 um I did I had healed my attachment style and the whole reason you know I was 
open to talking to him again was because by this time I had severed ties with Jonquez. I got my restraining order against him January 7th, January 7th or January 9th of 2021. Yeah, 7th. Um, and then I went back to school January of 2021 and I ran into Wendell and I was literally, you know, begging for him to give me the attention that he had not given me prior to, you know, when he ghosted me. Um, so I kind of like, kind of basically like begged and, you know, seeked his validation and attention from the beginning. Um, because the fact that he ghosted me, like, just like what, knowing what I know now, like, <laughs> lack of communication, red flag, like, and, you know, I extend myself grace and compassion because it's been a painful lesson, but it's been a very much needed one. Um, so yeah, January 2021. Um, then we started, he asked me to be his girlfriend uh, after about like a week of us going on dates, which is another red flag right there. Um, and then, you know, we were girlfriend and boyfriend and he was love bombing me for a while. Um, probably up until about from February till the end of March is when, you know, he was love bombing me. And then the inconsistency started, the breadcrumbing, you know, worsened. He would be three, four hours late to a date that we planned. I would have to wait all day long to even know if we were actually going on that date. Um, on our second month anniversary, he literally, you know, we had plans and he did he, he didn't come through. Uh, he spent all day in another city with friends. That's what he said, at least. Who knows if that is the truth. Um, and then I left, you know, we, and then the lack of communication, the projection, the pushing boundaries, the disrespecting my boundaries, it was all there in the beginning. It was all there in the beginning, but I was in a mindset where I'm like, you know, I'm committed to my growth. I'm committed to my healing and you can do the same. And I was trying to force that upon him versus standing on my own standards and not settling for, you know, the sake of having another person's love. So in about April, the middle of April is really when, you know, facades started to fall and things like that. Um, I remember a specific time where he disrespected my boundaries and he purposely and intentionally made me anxious and I responded um, out of fight or flight and he didn't want to apologize because of my reaction to his action of, you know, purposefully and intentionally making me anxious as if it was a joke. Um, and I remember that because and then also during this time I was struggling with alcoholism like I I stopped drinking in May of 2021 after like the first week of me I stopped drinking um but I remember one of the times where we you know we had conflict and you know I was joking with him you know playing around with him and you know the way you know I thought that we had established we could play with one another and he just left me like I we were supposed to take a walk together and he just like walked home and left me and when I told him I was walking you know, to his apartment, 
he told me to turn around. And that night, I really had a lot of suicidal thoughts because I was struggling a lot with my mental health during that time. And having a relationship was not the best for me right now. And I know that now. You know, I I have grown to truly understand and understand and overstand myself and especially my own internal universe. And I do know now that I was not ready for a relationship. I was simply, you know, operating out of my codependency, operating out of survival, operating out of my fear of abandonment, out of my anxious attachment. So we moved in together May of 2021 because I got um, my dad kicked me out um, when I exposed the abuse that he had inflicted onto me my entire childhood and while I was in college. And, you know, I went I left, went back to Miami with Wendell to stay with him. And this is, you know, when we started living together is truly when the facades began to fall Um I just remember this very, this, the one, this is the one, you know, conflict we had that I knew there was no coming back from, but, you know, I was trying to hold him accountable and I even hold him accountable because he has to take accountability himself, but I was, you know, expressing my feelings about how his actions and behaviors were making me feel and how they weren't going to be beneficial for our relationship in the long run. And he gaslit me so well, you know, convinced me that I was projecting my old trauma onto him when in reality, he just wanted me to believe that he was doing no wrong in the situation and that out of my insecurity that I had shared with him, he used that against me to try and convince me that I, in fact, was the problem and that I was, in fact, projecting my insecurities of, you know, my insecurities from my abusive relationship onto him. No. And then I broke up with him for the very first time in July of 2021. And he understood and was aware of the fact that I did not trust myself and used that against me. I remember bawling and crying to him and telling him, like, I don't know what to do. I don't know if this is the right situation. I just don't trust myself. I don't trust myself. I don't trust myself. And he, he used that against me. And I allowed him to use that against me as well because, you know, self-trust is the first step to trusting anything. Self-trust is the first step to making any kind of decisions for yourself or surrounding your life. And that is something that I had, I should have been working on then, but I am grateful for the lesson because it's something that I have built for myself now. And then I broke up with him, you know, after all of that, we kind of got back together after all of that you know like there was like a three-day period of me crying and we kind of got back together and during all of this this entire story we're still staying together like even currently while i'm recording this we're literally in airbnbs with one another and that's because you know our entire relationship he told me you know don't work I'm going to take care of you knowing that he did not have the stability within or externally to do that for me. Like when we met, he was already having his own financial issues. So it genuinely was a manipulation tactic to get me, you know, to trust that I would be safe, that I would be taken care of, you know. And 
now I'm in a place where I have to rebuild myself financially and emotionally again. But then um, the second time I broke up with him was because he was texting other women on Snapchat on my phone. And, you know, I it was the first time I went against my intuition for him and, you know, listened to him over my intuition and... You know, I I seen I I saw the instant karma for it. You know, um, but I just you know I went against my intuition, and later that day my intuition was confirmed, and I just felt so much shittier. Like he was literally crying, begging, pleading in my face, telling me that he's telling me the truth while looking me in my eyes and crying tears of lies. Um, and it's just been so much that I have not spoken out about and. I deserve to, and I have been holding it in out of, you know, fear of his response, fear of his, uh, you know, consideration of his feelings. But my feelings have never been considered throughout this entire year and a half, and I don't give a fuck anymore about his feelings. So then even after that, after, you know, he broke my trust, betrayed me in that way, um, I did, you know, allow him back into my energy, back into my life. I did lower my standards for him again. And, like, my gut was just telling me, like, no, 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 no. So I got back, and, you know, I told him, actually, you know, I don't think we can, I don't think I can be in a relationship with you. And this is where want this is where the ex friend that I, that was a narcissist comes into this story um but so you know i told him that i expressed that to him and you know life was life was good life was getting good and it was going great until you know i chose to put myself back into that karmic cycle and also receive some of his residual karma um for about a whole an entire month you know i was just in a amazing as energy of abundance of you know self-love of self-acceptance and it was it, it, it was amazing it felt beautiful i was emotionally detached and you know i understood him for truly who he really is i saw his true colors and i decided not to repaint them and then in Mercury retrograde of September last year, I believe, I decided, you know, you know, we can get back together. Let's get back together. And right after that, I was homeless. I was homeless, which was his karma. But since I decided to allow him back into my energy, his karma affected me as well. So throughout that entire month, you know, he just had this entire facade of, my grandma's like, I can feel my grandma like cheering me on right now. Like she's like, finally, 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 finally. But yeah, um, but he basically tried to become the person that I had been asking him to be the entire time. And I fell into it, into the trick and allowed him for a third or fourth time back into my energy. You know, he said he was going to therapy, he was journaling, he was working on his ego. And these were all the things that I was asking him to be, asking him to do, you know, the entire time. The whole One of the whole reasons that I had ended the relationship and I allowed that, man, that, manipulation, that manipulation tactic worked that time. And we got back together and we were homeless. Um, 
And basically, from October till March, I was going through this whole dark night of soul because I couldn't release him. I couldn't release the connection. And not that I couldn't, but I was trying so hard to force it because, you know, my fear of abandonment, the fear of hurting him, the fear of having to start over, the fear of being alone, the fear of being alone, which is why in our relationship, my codependency was highlighted so greatly for me to truly work on it, especially um, in reference to my mother wound, which is definitely something that has come up over the last year now. I think, I think in a couple of days, it's about to make a year since my mother wound really came up for me. June 17th of last year is when I had a miscarriage. I miscarried twins and they've been right beside me since then though. So, you know, I'm ready for them whenever, you know, the time is right. But in that, in that miscarriage, I realized, I realized how strong my codependency showed up for me and it really allowed me to go within and look at my codependent behaviors, look at my codependent patterns and decide to take accountability for them and make better decisions in that area of my life moving forward. But for, you know, from October till March, I was going through this dark night of the soul because I was clinging onto the very thing that I needed to release to have my rebirth. Once I made, really sat with myself, my ancestors, my archangels to really decide that this is not what I wanted for myself, my life did a 180. My energy did a 180 within, externally, all of the above did a complete 180 and it's only going to get greater for here, from here, only going to get greater. And I'm so excited for everything that my ancestors and the universe has in store for me especially after I post this podcast episode because I know this is one of the many catalysts that is needed for all of the blessings that are on their way to me to walk into my life because I have to make room for the new. And I've been holding on to this specific story, to this specific truth for over a year. I don't think I've really expressed the kind of not the kind of the intensity of the emotional abuse that I've suffered from this person um and not even just emotional abuse because he is another narcissist it's narcissistic abuse and unless you have survived narcissistic abuse I swear you don't truly grasp it for the painful low density transformative, frustrating, confusing experience that it is. And I give myself grace because a lot of the times I find myself, you know, shaming myself for like, how did you end up in this situation again when you knew better? You knew you knew the red flags. You armored yourself with the information. But the thing is, I armored myself with the information and did not apply it. I did not use it. I was still operating out of my fear of abandonment, out of my fear of being alone, out of the need 
to have a partner, out of the need to having someone to depend on and having someone to de- that depends on me. And that is not the reality I desire to create for myself. So this is my story, and I'm sticking fucking to it. Again, I just want to say thank you to all the fucking narcissists that I had to slay my entire life. Thank you for being the soulless, hateful, envious, jealous, malicious being that you are because it only showed me my true power. It only helped me learn and appreciate my destiny. It only helped me learn and grow to my full potential. There is no stopping me now. And if you desire to, you might as well get ready to drink the poison that you're pouring out. But to those of you who are here to embrace my vulnerability, be inspired by my light, be inspired by my vulnerability, thank you for listening thus far. Love yourself, choose yourself, honor yourself. Peace.